This is the Field of Streams Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Fangraphs. Hello and welcome to the Field of Streams Podcast for Thursday, September 24th. I'm your host, Dylan Higgins, joined by my co-host, Brad Johnson. Brad, how you doing? I'm good, you? Doing okay. Feels weird, only uh, one more week of shows after this. Yeah, yeah, there's not too much left, or down to 10 days of baseball or so. Yeah, it's it's weird. Luckily, uh, getting a lot of that uh, close wild card races, which will be fun. Uh, are you familiar with the Jay Jaffe thing, um, Team Entropy? Uh, yeah, I've taken a look at that in the past. Uh, don't quite recall the details of it. You could remind me. Team Entropy is just a concept of trying to root for chaos and oh, yes. looking for that. I like that as well. Hoping for the seven-way tie or whatever you can get that causes the most ridiculousness and trying to get game 163, if not more. Um, yeah, uh, and I subscribe to that fully. It's mostly for people who don't have a team in the race that they feel real strongly about and, and just want to see craziness. Um, and it's looking okay right now. You know, it doesn't always work out as crazy as possible, but yeah. Um, that's worth keeping an eye on, definitely, some of those... Tie scenarios are getting weird. Um, At least in the American League. <laughs> yeah, yeah, National League's pretty well settled, but American League could get really weird. Could be fun. We're going to look at uh, games for Thursday, for today, and uh, we got this split slate. We got four early games, and then we got eight late games, uh, which will make things a little bit interesting. Four games is kind of a fun number. It's definitely small, but it's better than doing three or two, for sure. There's some options, so... Um, we'll go ahead and get started at catcher. Um, I had three early catchers, and I don't love any of them. That's the thing. With with four games, I don't love a lot of my picks, but there's there's places to go, I guess. Um, so one of the big games to keep an eye on is Patrick Corbin of the D-backs going against Clayton Kershaw, two lefties, and two lefties that are pretty okay. Um, is a four-game slate small enough that you would actually try and fade Kershaw at all? Kershaw might be the one guy who I wouldn't go with the fade. Usually yeah. on these small slates, I like the fade concept. Yeah. Uh, it's just a good time, and in this case, maybe I'd be looking at going after Hamels. Yeah, it's just a little... Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Yeah, it's too much going against Kershaw. I could see that for sure. Yeah, he's just so good, so consistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's. I mean, the Diamondbacks aren't the worst team to target if you're going to go after Kershaw. They have a right. couple nice right-handed bats that exactly. could do some damage. Yeah. Uh, I, I still don't feel it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I wrote Wellington Castillo, because mm-hmm. he's a righty who likes to hit lefties, and he'll get Kershaw, but good luck with that. Um, I also wrote the opposite side. Uh, A.J. Ellis could get in against Patrick Corbin, and Matt yeah. has been enjoying picking A.J. Ellis when he gets in. Is he a guy that you would consider at all? Uh, I, I'd give him a shot today in this sort of slate. Uh, he's inexpensive, uh, guy can afford a platoon advantage, uh, mm. he always catches Kershaw. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so there's factors in play that, you know, he'll start and he's okay. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's not great or anything, but in a four game slate, you can go with okay and feel fine with it. Yeah. The other early guy I had is, uh, Matt Wieters. He gets Tanner Roark. Um, he's a switch hitter, so he'll have the platoon advantage. Usually he prefers to face the lefties, but, you should do fine. I'm just not that worried about Tanner Roark. Would you agree? No, no, that's not too scary of a matchup. Uh, it's it's a decent day for Weeders, yes. Yeah. 
Um, were there any other early hitters you like uh, at catcher? Um, uh, one you missed that surprised me a bit. Uh, Francisco Cervelli had uh, a yeah. horse field. Yeah, uh, I could see like that for sure. Bettis. Yeah, I, I guess I've just never been a Cervelli guy, but there's no reason not to like him, especially in this small slate. Especially if I'm yeah. considering guys like uh, Castillo and uh, Ellis. Yeah, I think Cervelli would probably be a good place to go. He'll probably be a popular one. Um, yeah. You can yeah, also he, try Willian Rosario, opposite side of that, against Jeff Locke. Uh, he's catcher eligible on DraftKings. I think okay. he's first base on FanDuel. Yeah, that would be a good one, especially against Jeff Locke. I was kind of curious about Jeff Locke, who's, you know, these these lefties going to Colorado are interesting just because Colorado's good at home, but they're also bad against lefties. And Jeff Locke is a pretty big question mark himself. But uh we'll get the pictures later, I'm sure. Um, how about in the late games? Um, I started with, uh, Travis Darno getting mm-hmm. Josh Smith, who is nothing special at all. No. Uh, Less than that, even. <laughs> yeah. Um, there, there'll be a popular Mets stack, I'm sure. And, you know, Travis Darno continues to, to be a good hitter and, and do fine. I would start there. Um, were there any other catchers you liked in the late slate that jump off the page to you? Uh, Buster Posey's pretty good against fly ball pitchers. Uh, mm-hmm. Not too thrilled with that given he's coming off a hip injury. Uh, mm-hmm. He was back in the lineup yesterday, but uh, a little bit concerned about his health and uh, how that'll affect his hitting. Yeah, but he gets Ian Kennedy, which is not yeah. that intimidating. Yeah, it's neither intimidating nor a matchup where you have to go out and really go after it. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a decent pitcher. You know, he'll, he's actually like something like the fifth rated pitcher on Sabersim today. Nothing seems wrong with that, per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's usually reliable, if not great. Yep. Um, my deep pick in the evening is J.P. Aaron Sibia. I still like going to him against the lefty, and he gets Wade Miley in Boston. And he could easily put up an 0-4 for, for you, but he could also pounce him off the monster or hit one out. So um, I still like Aaron Sibia as a deep pick um, against the lefties, because he should make it in there. Uh, is there anybody else for you? I mean, JT Real Muto gets Alec Asher. Yes, that was the one I was going to mention. Alec Asher just being not major league ready. Uh, mm-hmm. If he's ever going to be a major leaguer, he's kind of a fringy scouting profile to begin with and completely overmatched in the majors right now. Yeah. I mean, other than that, I, I don't see a whole lot of guys that I, I really like. You know, Jan Gomes gets Kyle Gibson, I guess. You know, I don't know. It, it's kind of a, a tough day. Um, Derek Norris gets a lefty in Madison Bumgarner, but you probably don't want much to do with that. Um, there are actually a number of Padres righties where I'm like, oh, cool, they get a lefty, but it's Madison Bumgarner <laughs> and not what you want to go with. Um, uh, on to first base and the early slate again. Paul Goldschmidt gets a lefty, but it's Clayton Kershaw, so good luck with that. Um, Paul Goldschmidt has actually homered in three straight. He's picking things back up. He was a little bit cool in August, but, uh, but yeah, he, I don't know. I, I'm with you. It's kind of too hard to go that way. Uh, it's good in the small slates to fade, but, but maybe not that much. Um, I think it's more likely to go with Texas guys against Chris Bassett. Would you agree? Yes, yes. So Prince Fielder, Mitch Moreland, both nice picks today. Yeah, uh, they both do just fine. I like Chris Bassett, but he's been out for a little bit, and he's he's interesting, but not strong enough to really, you know, stick with that hard. Um, how about uh, Chris Davis getting Tanner Roark? You okay with that? 
Yeah, that's, I think pretty clearly at first base, it's the top matchup of the day. Yeah. Uh, just with the way he's played this season, uh, potential for multiple home runs. Uh, Roark being a ground ball pitcher kind of matches up favorably with Davis, who likes hit fly balls. Uh, yeah. So several factors in his favor today. Yep. Yep. Um, anybody else in the early games you like at first base? Uh, yeah. Pedro Alvarez, uh, classic risk and reward matchup up against Chad Bettis at mm-hmm. the Rockies bullpen at Coors Field. <laughs> yep. He feels like the poor man's Chris Davis to me. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh, I, I think that about covers it. I mentioned William Rosario as a catcher, uh, first base on FanDuel, so you can give him a shot there too. Uh, a little mm-hmm. pricey on FanDuel today, as I recall. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that. How about in the evening slate? I didn't have a ton of options, but I'm again starting with a Met stack. Uh, Lucas Duda getting Josh Smith. Why not, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, Josh Smith is... Not very good. Yeah. Uh, he's got Homer problems that he's shown so far. Um, he, he actually had a decent command profile in the minors, but it's just disappeared in the majors, completely yeah. overmatched. Yep. And, and uh, it's yeah. in Cincinnati, which is exactly. a good park, and it's a bad bullpen. Like, the only reason I can see not to go with a Mets stack today is either you really don't like the hitters, or it's too expensive, or you think it's too popular. But, uh, matchup wise, it just seems like a go-to place, right? Yeah, definitely. It's one in that late slate. It's uh, my my favorite matchups are the Mets stack and then the uh, the Marlins stack, which I think will be a lot less popular because it's a lower ceiling group, but yep. should do just as well against yep. Asher. So you'd pick uh, Justin Bohr getting Alex yes. Asher. Yeah, nice little punt today. Yeah, I like uh, Justin Bohr. He's cooled off a little bit, but still pretty good. Has the pop you need. Um, so I got him, th- those two names are at the top of my list. And then, uh, David Ortiz gets Erasmo Ramirez, who has been pretty good. He's actually, I don't know who's the guy I would avoid going against, but it's certainly not one I would pick on like Josh Smith. Um, do you like David Ortiz at home getting Erasmo? Yeah, I think it's a solid matchup for him. Um, not something I get overly excited about, but, uh, you know, if you have the money for him and you're trying to decide between him or, you know, like, the alternatives around his price point, someone like Greg Bird or Kendris Morales, mm-hmm. uh, I'd definitely go with Ortiz. Yep. Um, anybody else at first base in the evening games? I had a little bit of trouble there also. Had those ones I liked at the top and then had trouble with deeper picks. Yeah, I mentioned Morales. He's fine against James Paxton, switch hitter. Yeah. Uh, games at Kansas City, probably not a home run threat, but couldn't give you multiple RBI. Uh, yep. Paxton being a, a little uncertain, having missed most of the season, mm-hmm. uh, expect some rustiness and some hiccups. Yep. All right, and then uh, on second base, I think I'm starting with uh, Neil Walker, which is a guy I gotta once again brag with Matt not here because we got into it a little bit on Monday about Neil Walker and his platoon splits going up against Christian Bergman, who actually was good. Uh, with his platoon splits. It was really confusing, I think, how, how we were debating it, but I stuck with Neil Walker and he had six RBIs on a home run, uh, yesterday. And so I'm, again, I'm bragging with Matt, not here. And I don't <laughs> think that Neil Walker is going to have a monster game again, but I think he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. Um, and just a fine pick going to Colorado against Chad Bettis, who is not exactly scarier than Christian Bergman. Um, neither of them are very good. That bullpen's pretty bad. So, yeah, you know, Walker should be just fine. Um, if you want to fade, I think you mentioned fading against Cole Hamels. You can start with a Brett Laurie getting the lefty in Cole Hamels. Would you consider that? Yeah, I'd give it a shot. Uh, yeah, he Lowry might be being 
He's he might, a hitter against lefties. Yeah, he might be third base instead of second base, depending on your format. Right. But, um, yeah, I like him there. And then uh, I know you like Anthony Rendon getting Tyler Wilson, right? Yes, yes, big fan of that one. As I mentioned on Tuesday, I think he's what he was last year now, and at the price points that he's going on, uh, I think 3200 on FanDuel, 3900 on DraftKings, uh, both so a little bit below the average price for uh, you know, a solid hitter, and Rendon's a little bit better than that, so I think it's a good value. Yeah. Um, those are my favorite three in the early slate. Any other second baseman for you? Uh, I, I'd give it a look at DJ LeMahieu uh, mm-hmm. against Jeff Locke. Uh, LeMahieu's not anything terribly exciting, uh, just a spray hitter. Uh, really not likely to see any power from him either, uh, but could you know steal base too. Yeah, uh, has enough speed to do it. And Francisco Cervelli is one of the most picked upon uh, catchers in the league. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that's mostly a function of his pitchers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Jeff Locke not being able to hold people maybe. Um, yep, yeah, okay, uh, how about the evening slate? I gotta start with Logan Forsyth getting a lefty and Wade Miley, right? Yep. Yeah, that's a, a good starting point. I, I think it should be very popular. Uh, in addition to the platoon split, he also shows up on that, uh, ground ball fly ball report that I like to run. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miley being a ground ball pitcher, Forsyth prefers them. Yep, that could be good for him. Um, going back to the Mets stack, it's going to be Daniel Murphy getting Josh Smith. And if it's not Daniel Murphy, it could be, what, Kelly Johnson? And that's preferable too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. both both guys are fine. Uh, even if it's Wilmer Flores, I think it's still fine. Yeah, it would be uh, righty on righty. in there. <laughs> yeah, righty on righty, and that's okay. Um, Josh Smith is just, you know, you can pick on him. But again, back to Miami, would you consider D. Gordon getting Alec Asher? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, looks like a multi-hit opportunity for sure yeah uh gordon should be pretty motivated to steal some bases too uh he's uh i didn't catch if he stole any last night but he was four behind billy hamilton for the league lead oh he can do that he's got you know a little bit of time so uh yeah that's gonna be worth watching but i think he can do that if it's only four especially with hamilton out for the year um you're right that'll be a little bit of a race to watch um, if you want to go a bit deeper, there's uh, Ben Zobrist going to get James Paxson. you got to consider that. Yeah, that's another one that's an option. Uh, like I said with Morales, it's not something that I'm overly excited about, but I can mm-hmm. see Paxson potentially blowing up. I can see going with a Royal stack as something that's not as popular tonight. Yep, yep, for sure. Um, and Zobrist does like to get lefties, and like you said, Paxton has not been you know that great since coming back. How about uh other side of that, Robinson Cano against Johnny Cueto? Are you ready to pick against Johnny Cueto? Uh, not quite. Uh, Cueto is an interesting story. Uh, he had a decent outing last time out, mm-hmm. and he kind of crowed about how him and Sal Perez got together, came up with some things that would help him. And so I, I think I'm ready to maybe give him a, a start or two of leeway, uh, which obviously will take us to the end of the year pretty much. But yeah. I don't know... Exactly what's going on with Cueto. And yeah. One of the reasons I'm patient is because I couldn't really find anything in his numbers that explained why he was struggling so much. Right. It's been really interesting, and at times he's been bad, and I feel like, oh, yeah, I could pick against him. But you're also like, there's a lot of talent there. You know, it, it would not shock anybody if he went out and threw eight scoreless today, you know. Uh, no, my... My only regret is that his price hasn't really come down on uh, FanDuel at all. Uh, yeah. DraftKings, he's down to 8900 which is more affordable than he usually would be. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that, that makes it tough. Makes him tough to pick on either side. Either pick him or pick against him. Mm-hmm. Um, how about uh, Jason Kipnis getting Kyle Gibson? That seems a yeah. little more exploitable, right? Yeah, I like Kipnis uh, a lot more on FanDuel where he's a big bargain, 2800 uh, mm-hmm. He's 4600 on DraftKings. I don't see that as advantageous of a matchup uh, at that price. Uh, it, it's not a matchup that I really love. Uh, ground ball pitcher doesn't really have platoon splits. Uh, Kipnis is obviously a lot better against righties, but I, I, I'm not in love with the matchup, as I said. Yep, yeah, for sure. Um, any other second baseman in the late slate that you like? I, I think you could give a look to Brandon Phillips. Uh, that red stack, uh, another group that you can go to as a uh, unlikely and unpopular stack. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt's obviously has uh, pitched very well this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, some things in his peripherals that suggest you know maybe there's potential for meltdown. Yeah, uh, it's, his stuff's good. It hasn't overwhelmed opponents by any means. Uh, mm-hmm. We got a really good hitters park in play today. Uh, Reds have plenty of power in their best hitters. Uh, so there's potential for some struggles today with Mats. Yeah, and Brandon Phillips has actually had a pretty decent year. He decided to start stealing bases like crazy again for no reason. Yep. Uh, and that's good to see. Also frustrating. I'm one of those fantasy owners that stuck with him all year last year and watched him do nothing, basically. Uh, but yeah, kind of a revival year. It's been good. Um, okay, on to third base. Uh, I have three early options, and I start with Nolan Arenado getting Jeff Locke. Even though Nolan Arenado does not kill lefties like you think he would, he's been good at home, and he's just playing a good hitter. You think he'll do fine against Jeff Locke, right? Yeah, uh, I, I think the only issue, uh, he, he had some sort of like head injury on mm-hmm. Tuesday, I think. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think he triggered the concussion protocol, but they're being careful with it, obviously, not playing for yeah. anything. I read that he was totally fine, and they said, no, too bad, you're not getting back in the lineup on Wednesday. <laughs> uh, so we'll see if he makes it back in on yeah, Thursday. Yeah, just, just confirm. <laughs> yeah, I think he'll be okay, but you're right. They might still keep him out of the lineup. Um, I like that. Uh, how about Danny Valencia getting Cole Hamels? Yeah, like I said, uh, if you're going with that Hamels fade, Valencia is going to be a key component of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, batting in the old days, the lineup, he's probably the best single source of expected offense from that team. Yep, now that the fearsome Josh Fegley is not in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that would be it. Um, and then Manny Machado gets Tanner Roark, and there's nothing not to like about that, right? Nope. It's a it's a good one. Yep. Uh, any other early third base one for you? Uh, you could give Adrian Beltre a shot up against Chris Bassett and the Hayes bullpen. Beltre's mm-hmm. looked very hot lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday was another home run, two for five performance. Yep. Uh, just, uh, yeah, he's running smooth. I think you can go with him and feel confident. Yeah, and then, he, uh, he prefers lefties, but there's no reason yes, he can't yes, use the A's, I think. Uh, you're right. I think he would be just fine there. And uh, Josh Harrison, not a bad pickup against Chad Bettis. Yeah, for sure. He should make him in the lineup, you would think. And yeah, uh, he, He's been batting first, I believe. Uh, or not first, but up near the top of the order. Yeah, uh, that would make him a good pick there. How about in the evening slate? Again, I'm, I'm starting with uh, Ray's righty getting Wade Miley go with Evan Longoria just mashes on lefties and again it's mm-hmm. it's in Boston should be fine I like that and then um if you want to go with that uh Reds fade also I don't know if you call it a fade but actually picking on Steven Matz Todd Frazier should do fine right 
Yeah, I like Todd Frazier. Other side of that, I like David or, or not David Ortiz. I like David Wright. Yeah, uh, he's got the Josh Smith side of things. Uh, yeah, Cincinnati should be a popular location tonight. Yeah, should be some runs in that game. Um, I like both of them. How about a uh, Matt Carpenter getting Taylor Youngman? Matt Carpenter just keeps hitting home runs. Had two on Wednesday. Uh, do you like him against Taylor Youngman on the road? Yeah, I do. I don't. I don't think Youngman's more than your average pitcher. They have their bad days, and Carpenter's good enough that you can uh, plug him in as a uh, one-off if you're not even looking to do a Cardinal stack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like uh, Carpenter is good enough to. I mean, he's kind of turned in some average for some power this year, and that's been mm-hmm. great getting all that power. But he's still hitting at the top of the Cardinals lineup too, so you're gonna hopefully get some value from one place or another. You know, either scoring runs when he gets on base or hitting himself in. Uh, I don't know. He, he's become a really interesting player, and he should do fine against Taylor Youngman. Um, I also wrote Kyle Seager against Johnny Cueto, which will have the same concerns as you had for Robinson Cano. Could be okay, but there are probably other places to go. If you feel like picking on Cueto, I don't think you're crazy, but uh, it's not great. Um, and then I had Matt Duffy getting Ian Kennedy. He should do fine, right? Yeah, that should be a fine one. Yeah, nothing special. It's neither exciting nor something you need to stay away from. Yeah. Uh, anybody else for you at third base? Uh, I think that the big one that's left over for me is uh, Derek Dietrich up against Al Gasher. Okay. Uh, really, any Marlins against Al Gasher that I can find that you know have some power or some multi-hit potential are mm-hmm. worth considering tonight. Yeah, that's a good one. We like Derek Dietrich at this podcast. Um, on to shortstop, which was as tough as usual. In the early slate, I had two names, and uh, starting with Marcus Semyon getting Cole Hamels, and that's not exciting. That's a good advantage for him, but I don't know. Marcus Semyon got really boring really quick, I feel like. Uh, some power and some speed, but um, I don't know. Do you like that at all? I don't mind it just because he's been a little bit hot lately. I'm hoping maybe he's... You know, uh, discovered something, or it's at least in some kind of groove. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's not one I'm as excited about, but if you're going with that A stack, I think he is a part of it that you have to use. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one I liked early on, Ian Desmond gets Tyler Wilson. That's just me picking on Tyler Wilson, though, uh, which I assume you're okay with, too. Yeah, no problems with that. Yep. Um, do you have any other shortstop options in those early games? I mean, you could try and take Corey Seager or Jimmy Rollins against a lefty. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with uh, Corey Seager or Rollins against Corbin, whoever's in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Corbin plenty. I think he's a nice little uh, fade option today, even yeah. if you're not stacking against Kershaw. Maybe you can see the Diamondbacks pulling out a 3-2 win or something. Yeah. But Seager has done well against lefties. Corbin's not at that elite level where I really worry about uh, his ability to you know, just shut out an opposing offense. Yeah. No, I agree. I like Seeger and I like Corbin, so it's an option. Um, that, or yeah, that small early slate and shortstop is tricky. Are there any other shortstops you like? Like, would you go Andrews against Bassett or anything? Uh, I'm not a big fan of Andrews, but I think you could do it. Just again, mm-hmm. he's been hitting well in the second half. Uh, he's getting on base and not an exciting pick, but sometimes those work out to be the best if he yeah. gets you, you know, a couple points and no one else does anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. There's also Jose Reyes is just fine against Jeff Locke. Uh, Jordy Mercer on the other side of that against Chad Bettis. Uh, course field picks, you can never really go wrong with those. Yeah, there's nothing really exciting uh, early on uh, at shortstop. 
in the late games, um, you can go Francisco Lindor, getting Kyle Gibson. I assume you're fine with that. He's been, yeah. you know, great in the second half, and Kyle Gibson is nothing special. Um, Brandon Crawford gets Ian Kennedy, would also be fine. I, I never get that excited about Brandon Crawford, but I do recognize that he's capable and should be just fine. Obligatory Johnny Peralta gets Taylor Youngman, nothing exciting, but very capable. I don't have a real problem with that. Uh, you mentioned Wilmer Flores. Uh, should be shortstop eligible, and he'll be part of that Mets stack and Josh Smith. It's righty on righty, but you're obviously okay with Wilmer Flores, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah we got to make sure. got to figure out that, you know, that crowded Mets infield, but if he's in, that's good. And then uh, Brad Miller gets Johnny Cueto. You'd really be digging deep there. I just, you know, pick some, some Mariners lefties against Cueto, but... I think there's a stack to be had there if you want to bet on that meltdown, but you would, maybe for your multiple stacks, people that just want to try a few things, that could be one of them. But I would not put all my eggs in that basket uh, for my day. And then uh, my final shortstop option, I've been really liking Jed Jerko against lefties. He had a big birthday game on Wednesday. Um, he has a 794 OPS against lefties this year. Um, it is Madison Bumgarner, though, so I don't feel great about that. I, I, I think... Jed is going to be an interesting guy in 2016 drafts because he just turned 27 and he should be shortstop eligible and he, you know, has the pop to hit 15, 20 homers, um, which is worth attention. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I can't fully endorse him against Madison Bumgarner, but in your deep formats, he could do something sneaky there. Um, are there any other shortstops in the late games that you like? I, I do like Eugenio Suarez a lot tonight against Stats. Mm-hmm. Uh, Again, as I mentioned, he's a good pitcher. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked at all if he shut down the Reds over six innings or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably won't last too deeply into the game, though, and uh, Suarez, a uh, nice little power threat uh, yep. at a position where you don't usually get that. I do like that. I would agree. That's a good one I missed. Um, anybody else? I think that about covers it. Yeah, shortstop's hard, especially in a pair of small slates. Um, on to the outfield. In this early slate of these four games, uh, I'm looking straight to Colorado. The Pirates outfield gets Chad Bettis, and all three mm-hmm. of them are fine. And uh, the Rockies outfield gets Jeff Locke, who's actually shown some reverse splits this year. He's had troubles with lefties. And even if you're not buying way too hard into the platoon split thing, either way, he's just playing not great. And all of those Rockies outfielders uh, really like to hit it home and should do just fine. I don't know. Do you have anybody that sticks out for you in those ma- in that matchup either way? You know, I, I really like the Pirates matchup uh, mm-hmm. much more than that of the Rockies. We talked about their struggles against lefties. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing I look at with Coors Field, sinker ball pitchers tend to do really poorly. Yeah. And uh, Locks is, uh, that's part of his repertoire, a big part yep. of it. And uh, I don't really like his matchup at all today against the Rockies, even though they're so bad against lefties. Yeah. I think they can do enough against him to knock him out early. Yeah, if the ball doesn't sink, you're kind of in trouble there, for sure, if that's what you're relying on. And that, uh, that field can do that to him. So, yeah, I think uh, picking from those outfields is where it'd start. Um, you can go with Scott Van Slyke getting Patrick Corbin. They've been using him, especially against lefties, and he's capable uh, that would be okay. And then uh, Bryce Harper gets Tyler Wilson, because why not, right? Yeah, why not? Uh, it's just a matter of having the money. Yeah. 
I did see a quote from him uh, on Wednesday. There was some drama between Papelbon and Manny Machado and, and benches getting cleared a little bit. Um, but Manny Machado got hit by Papelbon and Bryce Harper said after the game yesterday, he's like, Oh, I'm probably getting plunked tomorrow. Like he knows. <laughs> he's like, Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to get hit. They're going to throw at me in retaliation and he knows it's stupid. And, uh, so keep an eye out for that. Hopefully it's not in the first inning. Hopefully it doesn't remove him from the game. Hopefully nobody gets hurt. But um, I, I just thought that was interesting, and I I don't know that it would make me not pick Harper, but I could see a world where he gets hit and lose the game, you know. But yeah, otherwise, totally worth the money. Tyler Wilson's something special. Um, any other outfielders in that early four-game slate for you? I'd give thought to the rest of the national stack, so Jason Wirth and probably Clint Robinson would be the other guy I'd look mm-hmm. at today. Just ready to take on uh, on Tyler Wilson? Yeah, yeah I think that's... Uh, an easy enough matchup. Wilson's, I would call him a spot starter at best. Yeah. Uh, m- maybe he'll surprise me, but I don't think there's too much uh, room for that. Yep. Um, how about in the late group? Any favorite outfielders right off the top of the page for you? Uh, I think Mookie Betts really stands out today up against Erasmo Ramirez. Mm-hmm. Uh, just batting top of the Red Sox lineup, he's a good bet to have. Maybe the most played appearances of the day, uh, five, uh, potential for six even if the uh, game gets a little ugly. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, he's running hot. He's getting his hits, uh, looking a little bit more like the spring training version of Betts. And, uh, yeah, he's got something like eight multi-hit games in his last ten. Yep, nice and hot and a very talented player. I could see that. I like the opposite side of that. Um, and Steven Souza is one of mm-hmm. my favorite race righties to take on a lefty. He gets Wade Miley and... He doesn't hit for great average, but he has power, he has speed. He's an easy 2020 guy uh, if he gets a full season. And so I could see him doing some damage at Fenway. Again, I'm not worried about Wade Miley at all. Um, yeah, I also like Brandon Geyer in that matchup. Sure, also likes to hit lefties. Those are two guys you can go with. Um, back to that Mets stack, keep filling it up. Uh, Curtis Granderson and Michael Conforto, right? Yep, and why not Jonas Cespedes, too? Yeah, he's been a little cold, but I don't think any of us believe that he's, you know, in trouble. He should be just fine. Um, I think he can hit Smith, <laughs> that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, Mets outfielders will be uh, okay for you. Um, the Marlins outfielders, Kristen Yelich, and then I had Derek Dietrich in the outfield, but basically any any Marlins outfielders for you? Yep, just about anyone. Each uh, row is probably a little too low ceiling these days, but yeah. uh, even him in the right situation could make sense. Uh, he's pretty cheap. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like Yelich there a lot. Uh, I'm going back with Lorenzo Kane against a lefty anytime when he gets James Paxton. Uh, he did fine against Erasmo. Pardon me, fine against Rowanis on Wednesday. We liked him. Uh, Rowanis Elias. And then, uh, he should do fine against James Paxton, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I would think so. It's, uh, not too scary of a matchup for him, that's for sure. Yep. And then the last two I had are in Minnesota. Uh, Eddie Rosario gets Cody Anderson, and I guess Eddie Rosario is the left-handed bat that I like in the Twins lineup. I keep trying to find somebody there to hit righties, <laughs> and it can be frustrating, but I guess he's it's, the one. It's not Joe Maurer. <laughs> it's not Joe Maurer. Um, Cody Anderson is nothing special at all. Uh, I could see Eddie Rosario doing fine. And then the flip side, Michael Brantley getting uh, Kyle Gibson. You'd be okay with that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Big fan of Brantley's. I also think you can use Aaron Hicks from that. Minnesota group. He's okay. emerged as a, a reliable, if not you know, terribly high ceiling pick. But he has some power, has some speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's hitting 
for a decent average, not really striking out the way he used to in the past. Yeah, he's been an interesting guy. I've never quite been on board, but I know other people have liked him more, and I know there's some potential there. So, yeah, he could be an option. Again, Cody Anderson, nothing special. Um, Yeah, any other outfielders for you in that late slate? You know, there aren't too many that really just jump off the page beyond that. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can look at a couple... Cardinals against uh, Taylor Youngman, uh, Jason Hayward, Brandon Moss, uh, Stephen Biscotti. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's really probably the other direction I'd go. That's uh, you know, that we haven't mentioned. Yeah. Uh, every, everyone else, uh, you look at a, a higher risk without really the reward that I'd want to see. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, okay, let's look at these pitchers finally, and starting with this early slate. So there's four games, eight guys to pick from. Uh, big one's going to be Patrick Corbin and Clayton Kershaw, and I can see going either way, right? Yeah, so Cor- Corbin, to me, this is a three-pitcher slate. Okay. Uh, you can do Kershaw, you can do Cole Hamels, or you can do Patrick Corbin. Okay. Corbin's the one who's most affordable. Yeah. So that gives you some incentive to try to figure out how to use him. If you want to fade against Hamels, then you can't use him. Kershaw's a little too expensive to use unless you find enough bargains that you feel comfortable about. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know that I'd, I can see a good outing from any of Chad Bettis, Chris Bassett, Jeff Locke, Tanner Rourke, or Tyler Wilson. Right. You know, they, they all seem like they're guys who are more likely to crumble than anything else. Right. I wrote down Chris Bassett, because I liked him. He was doing well earlier before, but, you know, he's been a little hurt, and Texas is pretty hot right now. I don't, yeah, he, I can, he's coming off that shoulder injury, and yeah. I, I I don't feel too comfortable with that. Yeah, I could see it ended up going okay, but I don't know that I'm going to bet on it. Um, and then I wrote down Jeff Locke, just because the Rockies are bad against lefties, but you're right. Like, he's not the type of pitcher I want to tr- use to try and take advantage of that, you know, especially in Colorado, so... Yeah, Corbin might be my pick there in the morning, um, and Hamels would be okay too, but it's, it's a tough little slate for you, for yes. sure. Um, in the evening game, there's many more options. Um, you can start in Yankee Stadium. We didn't talk about any hitters from here because you get two okay pitchers. Chris Sale gets the Yankees, and they're not a great matchup. You know, Yankee Stadium's not a great place to pitch, but Chris Sale's good enough to be almost matchup proof, right? Yeah, absolutely. He's... He's been a little more inconsistent than I'd like this year, but always mm-hmm. among the highest ceilings of the day. Uh, it's the case today. Uh, even even though Madison Bumgarner's also in the slate, uh, Chris Sale could uh, outpitch him for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ha- does have a tougher matchup, as you mentioned, and uh, you know, just uh, better stuff too, though, so it can go either way. Yep. Um, I also like Michael Pineda. Okay, he has a much better matchup, not as good of a pitcher, and he has to you know, beat Chris Sale, but... He gets the White Sox. We're not that intimidating. Would you consider Pineda at Yankee Stadium? I would consider Pineda. You, you could also give some thought to uh, White Sox as a, uh, a type of fade. Uh, there's enough lefties in that lineup, uh, like an Adam Eaton, Melvin mm-hmm. Cabrera, switch hitter. Uh, Adam LaRoche is someone whose price is nothing and occasionally hits a home run. Yeah. Uh, you can go after that short right field porch and you know, hope for the best. Uh, Pineda's not been his sharpest lately. Yep. I could see that. Um, how about uh, Erasmo Ramirez going to Boston? I know you like Mookie Betts, um, and we talked about David Ortiz, but can you see a world where Erasmo Ramirez does okay at Fenway? Yeah, there's always the opportunity that Erasmo does fine. Uh, 
the way that the Rays use him really, I think, helps. Uh, just because he knows that he really only needs to get through five innings and anything else is bonus. Uh, they're looking to sell him at the first sign of difficulty or you know, third time through the order. And so he can lay it all out in the early game. I think he could do fine. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so you mentioned there's some warning signs with Steven Matz, but you obviously like him enough to still consider him as a choice, right? Yeah, yeah. He's actually... Like on FanDuel at least, uh, he's probably the cheapest guy that I would really feel confident about today. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Mets should win this game no matter how Matt does. Yeah. Uh, it's just a matter of him getting through his five or six innings, giving you a strikeout per inning and, uh, getting a quality start at least enough points. Yep. Uh, the, the, the win should be more or less automatic against Jeff Smith. Yep. I like Steven Matz, uh, as an option there. Um, are you a Jared Cozart guy at all? He gets the Phillies. Would you be tempted even a little bit? Uh, I looked right past it. I'm not a Jared Cozart guy. I think he's got many adjustments to make if he's going to be a starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind seeing him as a, a late game reliever, but the Marlins don't really need that. So, yeah. uh, not really a fit for them. Uh, he's more valuable as a starter that's trying to figure it out. Yep. Um, how about Michael Waka getting the Brewers? They're pretty yeah. well shutting it down at this point. You know, a lot of guys getting rested and, and they've been struggling for a long time. He should do just fine, right? Absolutely. I think it's a good matchup for him. Uh, he's kind of disappointed me a little personally this year, just cause every time I use him, he'll throw like five shutout innings and I'll be starting to count my chickens and he allows three runs in the six and gets a no decision. It's a eight point fan duel outing or something. Yeah. And can't win with that. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's, uh, he's disappointed me personally a few times this year. Uh, I feel a little burned by him. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the last one for me is, uh, Madison Bumgarner going to San Diego. Cause why not? Right. Yeah, why not? It's uh, just a matter of affording him. Uh, it's a good matchup for him, good stadium. Yeah. And uh, he's just very good pitcher. They have some righties, you know, uh, but I, I feel like he's relatively matchup proof too. Uh, it should be just fine there. Um, any other pitchers for you that you like that I did not touch I, on? I really, yeah, I can't really recommend any of the other guys. Uh, yeah. As much as I'd like to... Uh, you know, say maybe one of Kyle Gibson or Cody Anderson will do fine. You know, it's mm-hmm. a it's a coin flip that you can take. Uh, they they have the potential to be okay, but uh, it, it it's not a narrative that I can easily construct for you. <laughs> right, you could be brave and go with Cueto, but like you said, the price hasn't come down enough to really feel great about that. Um, you could go with Taylor Youngman in St. Louis, I guess. I like him a little bit more than you do, but even I don't love that matchup for him. Um. Yeah, it's it's a tough day. James Paxton has potential, but that's not a good matchup for him, and he hasn't shown it lately. And so I'd be staying away there, too. My favorites are probably Matt's, Erasmo, and maybe even Waka. Waka feels really safe to me, you know, uh, getting Milwaukee. But there are also aces to pay for. If you want to go Chris Sale and you want to go Bumgarner, there's no reason not to. So, yeah, uh, many more options than that late slate for you, uh, pitcher. Uh, that should about do it for us for Thursday. You know, again, weird slate for early, eight late, but there's places to play and things to do. Uh, Brad, you got anything else before we get out of here? Anything to plug? Anything you've been working on? Uh, you know, um, just 
plugging away at the uh, daily grind. Uh, give it, give it a look if you're trying to finish up uh, a win in any leagues. Uh, mm-hmm. Leave a comment. I'll be happy to help out when I get a chance. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, my readers also are very smart and uh, will offer their opinions too. Yeah. Uh, Brad's on Twitter at baseball a team, which is a good follow for all that stuff he's writing, DFS stuff, fantasy stuff. Uh, just a good fantasy follow. I'm on Twitter at Higgins FOS. Uh, I like to hear your feedback about the show, and uh, sometimes just to goof around and talk baseball as well. Uh, make sure to hit us up both on Twitter. Um, other than that, I think they'll do it for us for Thursday. Uh, good luck with this, either the small early one or the late one, um, and we'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening to the Field of Streams podcast. For more fantasy baseball analysis, visit Fangraphs.com slash fantasy or follow us on Twitter at Rotographs.